This is Johnson May Productions, the Urban Podcast, and I am your host, John 2 ig Today is October the 10th, 2023, and I hope you all are doing well, taking care of yourselves and watching your health, remembering your health is your wealth, and enjoying the weather. If you're having good weather, we're having some nice weather here in Nevada, some 90 degrees, a little bit of windy, but uh, starting to cool off as we get farther and farther into the fall months, going into the holiday months. Um, be sure to check the link in the description box for any information on missing children. Um, one of my episodes got demonetized for some reason. Um, I posted an episode uh, with two kids on there, uh, one uh, young man and a young woman, or a young girl. And for whatever reason, it got taken down. I don't understand. I'm still trying to find that out. But uh, if I find it, I will repost it again. But uh, sometimes I will post things. And I won't. It won't have. It wasn't. It won't have uh, audio. I'll just post it. So I don't, I'm not sure exactly what happened. But uh, it got taken down. But anyway, for information on missing kids, uh, check the link in the description box. Also, uh, I posted the link, my Amazon link. Uh, to uh, all my books, just published uh, book number seven. And uh, man, I was sitting there the other day thinking, man, I was really bugging, like, damn, I I got seven books on the map, man. And I only been doing this for like four years. Published seven books in four years. I don't know if that's some kind of record or what, but my latest book is my biggest book. It's the um, Two Peas in the Pod. It's over 300 pages and <laughs> that book got written, produced, and published within a five less than six months. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to pat my toot my own horn or nothing, but I'm just sitting there just kind of bugging on that. I'm thinking, well, I got I got something. I accomplished something in life, you know. Leave that behind when I'm when I'm long gone. So those books are gonna outlive me. So if you get a chance, uh, click on the link and uh, give them a shout out. You know, if you got a Amazon Kindle, some of those books you can read for free. So. Anyway, um, for today's topic, we're going to talk about hip hop and rap music. You know, um, just had our 50th uh, celebration of uh, hip hop and rap music. And uh, I felt like hell, you know, I've been around uh, when this thing, you know, sort of originated. I want to get my, you know, my uh, perspective, you know, my put in my two cents. Um, I guess a few weeks, I guess it was maybe a few weeks ago, um, rapper and uh, hip-hop icon, legend, uh, Special Ed, had made some comments on uh, Drink Champs regarding um, NWA. And, you know, they were kind of disparaging, I guess you could say, um, depending on how you want to perceive it. Um, he said, basically, that uh, NWA was... Um, solely responsible for the decline of hip-hop and uh, bringing, you know, a toxic, you know, toxicity into a hip-hop culture. Um, I can agree and disagree with that. Um, I believe there was a lot of factors involved with the diminish, you know, and shine of uh, hip-hop culture, you know, rap music. Um, a lot of that, you know, just... Um, a lot of that came from uh, the dominant society, 
you know, once they figured out how to, because they monetize, you know, everything we do, you know, once they figured out that rap music was a money-making machine and they found a way to, uh, you know, like I said, monetize it, you know, and once, you know, once you take something from its original form and it gets passed around and get it, you know, and it's a different hands and exchanges hands, you know, so many different times, it gets tainted, right? Um, I don't think NWA is solely responsible. I mean, they did play a part in it. Um, I do remember uh, they were definitely uh, the game changers, uh, but they wasn't the first. I'll say this for the record. NWA was not the first rap group to uh, put out gangster rap. Gangster rap been around a long time. You know, it was uh, underground. You know, you always had <clears throat> cats from their neighborhoods, you know, repping their hoods, you know, talking about, no, they were just local guys. You know, it wasn't like known or anything. They might have even recorded maybe one song, one or two songs. A lot of them didn't record, you know, full albums. But it was underground. And that's where that shit should have stayed. Uh, gangster rap, you know. I think I think there's room for, for every type of rap, what they call it, reality rap, or street songs back then. But, uh, hell, if you think about people like... Uh, Clarence Reed, a.k.a. Blowfly. Man, he was rapping, you know, back in the 70s, you know. And before that, he, he was a blues singer. And, man, he was raunchy as hell. They were dirty. You know, a lot of those, old, in fact, a lot of those old blues singers were uh, singing about, you know, murder and sex and a lot of stuff, you know, back in the day. Just back in the 50s, you know. And hip-hop in its original form of bebop started back during the jazz renaissance era. You know, there was a, an MC, a master of ceremonies that would get up and like say like during Duke Ellington days or Count Basie days, they had a master of ceremonies that would get up and literally spit a rhyme before introducing the band. And that's that's where that comes from, see. And fast forward, you know, many, many decades later, um, say the early 70s, you know, when DJ Cool Hurt got a hold of it in the Bronx up in New York. And so that, those are the origins of it, you know. And hip hop, so there's a difference between hip hop and rap music. Hip hop is a culture, you know, and it's uh, broken down into five elements. Okay, you have your graffiti artist, you have uh, your break dancer, you have uh, your DJ, and you have your rapper. And the fifth one, the fifth, the fifth element is knowledge. You see, once you know, in other words, if you know all four of those things, you're just a part of the hip hop culture is anyone that's doing it, okay? Uh, rap music is an extension of hip-hop culture. Um, when I first started listening to hip-hop, I mean, uh, rap music, there was always a DJ. You know, they had a DJ and the MC, you know? You had a, you know, that, that was, that was a, and you had to have a certain level of skill set to rap in the first place, you know? But it was, it was mostly party rap, you know? I remember... Sugar Hill Gang and uh, Sugar Hill Records. Every, every time a new Sugar Hill record came out, it just made you feel good, man. It should have had you so pumped up. You know, you'd be outside riding your bicycles, man. You know, somebody, you know, hip hop, hippie to hippie to hip hip, a hoppy, you don't stop, a rocking to the bang bang boogie, and ump jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. Man, that shit just made you feel good, you know? Uh, you know, we went from being I am somebody, you know, black and proud to, you know, being gangsters and killers, 
fucking thugs. You know? Now, I will say this. NWA made it popular. But they, they wasn't sold. You can't just solely put that on them, on those brothers, man. I mean, they had a machine behind them. Hell, you want to... Uh, you could say Jerry Heller. Their manager was the puppet master. You know? He, he was a mastermind. He masterminded the whole thing. And... I remember that. I remember, you know, hip-hop, I mean, rap music was about skills, you know, um, doing the whole, you know, breakdance craze, you know, in the early 80s, man, to the mid-80s, you know, everybody couldn't do it, <laughs> you know, everybody couldn't rap and everybody couldn't breakdance, you know, everybody couldn't be a graffiti artist, but you could be a fan of it, you can have knowledge about it and still be a part of it, you know, um, it just came down to uh, when it became a business as opposed to a youth movement. That's when it got tainted. Um, hell, I remember uh, one of the first rap concerts I ever went to was the uh, Def Jam tour back in uh, 1986. My brother took me to it. That was like the first full, like, full-on hip-hop show that I seen live. There was Run DMC. There was uh, Houdini. LL Cool J was there. Um, Damn, Public Enemy was there, and the Beastie Boys was there. That was it. That was that was the Def Jam tour. <clears throat> During that time, also you had a, a festival called the Budweiser Superfest back in the day. That was back in the 80s, man. Back in like, I'd say mid to late 80s, going into the 90s, where any and everybody was in that festival, man. I mean, damn, you had a new edition and hell, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you know, and Will Smith was young. and It was just so many great acts, man, you know. And it was a movement, you know. It was it was respectable, you know. Um, but I always felt like, you know, there, there's, you know, there, anything could be talked about and discussed. I mean, hell, you think about Uncle Luke and Two Live Crew. They were talking about sex and, and all kind of shit, right? And, uh... You know, besides NWA, you had uh, you had KRS-One, you had Schoolie D, you had Ice-T, um, hell, Coogee Rap was one, you know, but, you know, they, they was on that, they was on that gangster shit at that time, and they, and they, you know, they rapped about the streets and rapped about drugs and drug dealing and killing, and it was, it was, it was, you know, it, there was, you know, if you feed people a certain amount of of um, if you feed people long enough, you feed them a bullshit long enough, they're gonna eat it, man. You know, but it wasn't until probably I'd say maybe the early '90s because you still had conscious rap, you still had uh, Public Enemy, you still had uh, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers, you know, leaders of the new school, Grand Nubian, uh, Tribe Called uh, Quest. You know, you still had those groups. So there was a uh, an affluent balance going on in the early 90s and then this is right before right before Tupac you know Tupac and Big and by the mid 90s it was a rap no no pun intended but it was it was over you know everybody was a gangster everybody was a killer everybody was a pimp and you had so back to Special Ed's comment about NWA being you know the forerunners of introducing that shit he had a point because you had kids that grew up, that didn't grow up in those neighborhoods. They grew up in a, you know, uh, two-parent household. They lived, you know, middle class. And they got introduced to Crips and Bloods and gangsters, and, you know, by listening to that music. And also, uh, 
it was like the perfect storm. So back in 88, there was a movie called Colors that came out, which talked about Crips and Bloods, you know, and with the, a common, the combination of that movie coming out and NWA and some other cats, you know, the Ghetto Boys came out that year, I believe. Um, hell, it was a perfect storm, you know? And people just, you know, unfortunately gravitated to that. I mean, the crack era, that was, that was doing the great crack epidemic, you know? So things things of that nature was really happening. And sometimes uh, entertainment is a reflection of what's going on in, in real time. It's like art imitated life, unfortunately. But, you know, you fast forward, man, um, 30 years later to where we are now, and the music is garbage. It's like, it's... I, I was I was reading an article the other day that said there was not one uh, number one song I think on the on the Billboard charts this year. It's like it's all shit now. Every, I mean, it's just you know. So I mean, black folks, I, I would say this, man. You have to take some accountability, you know, to what you do, man. I mean, you have to take some kind of, you know, you can't just if there was no money involved. I don't think, you know, the brothers and sisters wouldn't have nothing to say. They'd be like, yeah, you're right. That was garbage. You know, no, nah, they made a lot of people got fat off of rap music. You know, a lot of people. And if we want to see change, man, we got to change our thought process. A lot of times you can't just, you know, do the same thing and expect new results. You got to change. You got to change the way you move, you know. Uh, Hip hop. Rap music is 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 definitely uh, blessed a lot of people in positive ways. Uh, I think for me the golden era, and I'm just like I said, I'm speaking from my perspective. Uh, someone in a man in his fifties, uh, the golden era for me was the eighties. Man, it just you just had a you just had a complete full balance. You know, you had you had DJs, you know, doing instrumentals. You had man, Rakim, Eric being Rakim. Uh, Rakim was one. His, Still one of the great lyricists, if not one of the best lyricists. But then you had Eric B that would do instrumentals on that album. On the, you know, they 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 you know they would just go in there and remix songs and just, you know, he had it, the DJs had their time to shine too. You don't even see DJs no more. You know, I mean you may see them doing YouTube channels or something like that, but they're not doing music. Um Yeah, I mean this that's the evolution of, of uh, unfortunately from 50 years ago, from the 70s, when it was just a, you know, a pop culture kind of thing, you know, urban pop culture thing. And then it evolved into a uh, an affluent business in the 80s and to the 90s and to what we see now, you know. <clears throat> I hear people talk about, well, you know, the 70s, you know, we had the, the black sportation movies and it reflected the culture in a negative way and this and that. I said, yeah, but it didn't last that long, man. That shit lasted... I don't even think it lasted 10 years. This this toxic rap music that we're hearing is still going on 30 years later. 30 plus years later, we're still... And, and, look, at, and look at the destruction it's caused. I mean, it's, it's time to speak up on these things, man. I mean, I have no problem. I got no issue with what Special Ed said. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a full agreement with him. And as a lot of brothers and sisters, now you have those who uh, may disagree, and that's fine. You know, we can agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, we're still black, man. And we still got to deal with black issues in America, you know. Uh, you know, perpetrating and projecting our own wretchedness 
talking about killing and destroying each other is not a solution. You know, you're part of the problem. You like you working for the clan. <laughs> you know, um, look at what the sisters are putting out, man. I mean, they just they 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 happy to be sluts and hoes and shit. That shit was shamed upon, man. When I was coming up, you like, you know, people talk down on them chicks. You know, back in the day, now they man, they getting they getting money. They being put out. I seen what's her name. Um, uh, what's that sister's name? Meg the Stallion on Forbes magazine. You know, now Meg, I was reading her bio. She had a she had a rough start, man. She had a really traumatic childhood. And if you look at the background of some of these sisters, a lot of them did. You know, uh, not making excuses for for their for their for their actions, but damn, you know, it's like <laughs> you got some people who are not mentally sound out here that's influencing other generations. They got access to social media they got millions of followers and that's what's pro- projecting the culture now so i say in another 10 years if we don't get a hold of this thing man the culture i mean it's already pretty much done as it is but another five ten years man shoot it's 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 a wrap <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> you know but that's just my little two cents. I didn't want to get on here and ramble too much. It was just on my heart to speak up on it because, you know, rap music and hip-hop culture was always near and dear to me. I don't even listen to rap music no more. Even some of the old rap music from the 90s. Uh, a lot of that gangster shit, man, I just can't fuck with it no more. It just, uh, I, it's, I can't have it in my system. You know, it's just, it's like poison now. You know, I used to bump that in my trunk. Trust me, when I was in them streets, that was like a soundtrack, man, to what I was, you know, what I was living at the time. But nah, nah, it's, it's unbalanced, you know. And then uh, <clears throat> I think in the end, you know, um, I think the one thing we can learn from uh, watching the downfall of the, a lot of these rappers, uh, these young rappers, is uh, you really got to be careful, man, what you put out in the universe. And uh, words are powerful, and they can make or break you. And ultimately destroy your life. So, with that being said, I'm gonna go out of here, folks, uh, brothers and sisters. It was uh, great being on here once again. Um, like I said, check the link in the description box for any information on missing children, and uh, click the link, uh, the Amazon link, if you want to be acclimated to uh, to our any of our books. Greatly appreciate it if you do. Uh, decide to make a purchase be sure to leave a review all reviews are welcome and um, remember more importantly that your health is your wealth we will see you on the next one take care stay blessed have a nice day bye bye